This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 19th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. What's the state of immigration policy in the United States? Author Philippe Legrain argues that Americans fundamentally misunderstand the issue. I spoke with him following a Cato book for him for his new book, Immigrants, Your Country Needs Them. Immigration is, in fact, uh, international uh, migration. Um, the, the very use of the word immigration um, uh, reflects people's distorted perspective, which is uh, that uh, the United States uh, is being uh, invaded by a vast group of, uh, of foreigners. Uh, and what's actually happening uh, is that through a process of globalization, uh, as economic opportunities open up, that happen to lie on the other side of uh, national borders, that are people are increasingly moving to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, in the case uh, of uh, uh, the US and Mexico, the US government is doing everything possible to prevent those people from doing so, uh, but the underlying processes um, uh, uh, underlying it, uh, is, is, uh, is one of international migration. The migration of the highly skilled is it seems a great deal less regulated than the migrations of low-skilled, or at least the barriers are seem to be lower. Can you talk about why that is? In the case of the United States, actually, it's amazing how uh, even highly skilled immigrants, um, uh, immigration is highly regulated. I mean, you know, the H-1B visas, there are hardly any of them given out. Um, but in general, uh, people have a, a perception that high-skilled immigrants are, are more valuable, they earn more money, they pay higher taxes, uh, they are perceived to contribute more to economic growth. Uh, and I'm not saying that high-skilled immigrants aren't important, but I do think it's false to think that countries only need uh, low-skilled immigrants, uh, high-skilled immigrants, and that low-skilled immigrants um, uh, don't contribute at all. Uh, it's uh, one of the striking things about the United States, actually, is that it's uh, a very rich, highly educated, um, uh, got a work, got a very rich, highly educated workforce. Uh, at the same time, as there is a vast number of uh, low-skilled jobs. Uh, uh, that need doing. Over across the border uh, in Mexico, uh, you have a, uh, uh, a young, a large workforce of young uh, people uh, who would be very happy to do those jobs. Uh, and it's a win-win uh, to allow people in uh, uh, to, to, to do that. Uh, and even if they may pose a, a burden to public finances in some cases, they also pay taxes, uh, and those taxes generally uh, um, uh, balance out. Uh, in terms of uh, more generally, uh, you can't really measure someone's contribution. Um, uh, people don't, aren't born into sort of two types of worker p- person, a high-skilled person and a low-skilled person. People often end up contributing to society in the most unexpected ways. And you can see that um, in the case of Britain, where 21 of the people who arrived in the country as refugees ended up winning Nobel Prizes. Uh, you can see it in the case of uh, the United States, uh, where, um, you know, Sergey Brin arrived as a child refugee from uh, Soviet Russia, ended up founding Google. Jerry Yang founded Yahoo, also arrived as a child. Um, or, you know, the, the, the son of a, uh, a Kenyan goat herd potentially will be the next uh, American president. And no one could have predicted uh, when they arrived that that would happen. I believe I heard you correctly today when you suggested that there was not a contradiction between having tighter border security and free immigration. Yeah, I think the issues have got have got mixed up. Uh, it, the federal government could very easily uh, offer many more work visas to foreigners at the same time as vetting potential applicants uh, for any security concerns, the same way that people traveling to the United States have to now give information before they uh, arrive 
uh, and, um, and some kind of monitoring uh, goes on. At the same time, even if the United States granted no work visas to foreigners whatsoever, uh, you know, people could still get into this country um, uh, and, and pose a threat. They could come on a tourist visa, they could come on a, uh, a short-term business visa, uh, they could come on a student visa, uh, they could come using a false passport. Uh, and I think that we, 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 need to, we, we, we shouldn't mix up the two issues and distinguish very clearly between um, uh, allowing people into work uh, and uh, and uh, you know uh, proper um, uh, intelligence and, and surveillance of people who might uh, prove to be a threat. President Bush, I believe, in his heart of hearts, would like to see a great deal more immigration in the United States. Before 9/11, he actually was uh, working with uh, Mexican President Vicente Fox on a program. Years later, and when he tried to reintroduce that idea, it seemed like the issue, at least from his perspective, was met with a great deal more opposition than it had been uh, just six years ago. Could you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, clearly 9-11 uh, for the, in the in immediate consequence of that was to, to put a halt to um, uh, politics of any kind, and in particular um, to anything which was deemed to compromise America's security. Um, and when President Bush finally um, uh, came back to the subject many years on, um, uh, the, the terms of the debate had changed and to the extent that many um, Americans wrongly feel uh, or incorrectly feel uh, that having uh, a border with Mexico which is uh, permeable uh, to Mexican immigrants somehow posed a security threat. Um, you know, I don't think that there are al-Qaeda terrorists uh, sneaking across the Arizona or Mexico desert. Um, uh, and uh, I don't think that illegal uh, Mexican immigrants in this country pose a threat to the country's security. But unfortunately, in people's minds, uh, the two have got linked up together. Um, and therefore, an understandable concern uh, for security and about terrorism has got mixed up with um, uh, the, the immigration debate. And I agree with you. I mean, President, I think President Bush would, would, would want to go much further. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, under, under his watch, uh, we're not going to get any further. How has he handled this issue since reintroducing it to the United States? Um, he had a lot of political capital um, uh, earlier in his first term, and now he has virtually none. Uh, in fact, there's almost you know, a, a credit to be won among congressmen by uh, uh, opposing anything he proposes. Um, uh, and therefore, actually, he's backing for the uh, you know, highly flawed but still um, step forward um, Senate uh, immigration bill uh, was probably, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a curse. Um, uh, I, I think now, you know, it's pretty clear that he has no no um, uh, credibility left um, with, and uh, and that actually his chances of achieving anything, um, let alone an immigration reform bill, uh, are virtually virtually zero. And that's unfortunate. And we just have to hope that the next president, whoever he or she may be, um, uh, will uh, be able to um, uh, make more progress on this issue. Because at the end of the day, the costs of the status quo um, are, are, are large, large and mounting. Philippe Lagrain is author of the book Immigrants, Your Country Needs Them. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You may subscribe to our weekly videocast as well. It's available for download at our website, cato.org.